father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. I'm Coach Kevin Furtado. This is episode 123. Today we have Craig Reed, owner-CEO of Corny Board Aids. He's been the present majority owner and CEO since 2018. Um, <clears throat> but he's been involved with Corny Board Aids for quite a few years. Uh, his stepdad, L.J. Coney, started the company back in 1969. Uh, just a little background on L.J. Coney, his stepdad. Uh, he was a legend in Texas as a basketball coach. He uh, got an idea of a chalkboard with a basketball court diagram on it. And to help him in coaching, other coaches saw him using it in games and won one. He patented the board and the rest is history. So if you, all you coaches out there who are using basketball diagram boards, KBA is patented, and they created it. And what an amazing company. Um, Craig Reed's going to come in. He's going to offer his perspective on his company, what's going on now, uh, what they're doing for the future of the company, because <clears throat> now is a very difficult time, but KBA is still focusing on their coaches, who they're working with, all the people that are working there are coaches. It's a family atmosphere. So I'm really looking forward to getting his perspective. But not only that, Craig was a coach at Dodd City High School from 1984 to 1993. He was also the superintendent of schools from 2000 to 2018. So he's going to give us a great coaching perspective on what he believes are some great coaching principles to build a great program. And he's also going to give some great stories about his dad, his stepdad, L.J. Coney. So I think you're going to get a lot of history, and you're going to get a lot of great ideas to help your program out. Let's welcome Craig Reed. Craig, welcome to the program. Hey, Coach. How are you? Good, good, man. I appreciate you coming on, man. It's just a great honor to get you on. I, I think that you're going to offer a a very interesting perspective because I always have, you know, just uh, coaches that are coaching right now, but you have coached and also you're the owner of a, you know, a big time business and so forth, the sporting goods. So, Hey, can you give, give us a background of how you started? Just like you told me the other day, kind of tell the audience, like how you got started in coaching and uh, what you're doing now. Well, um, you know, growing up, my, my father was a was a coach, local high school coach there in Texas and kind of a while I didn't know it at the time he's kind of a local legend and I was uh from the time I was about six I was at his practices or sitting on the bench at his games and and uh and when I wasn't doing that I was working for him in his uh sporting goods company and and then uh, going to coaching clinics all over the United States so you know that 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 was kind of ingrained in me from the time I was old enough to remember and uh, just developed a great love for the game. 
and, and got to got to watch a lot of great players over the years and, and be right in the middle of it and then just naturally wanted to go into coaching as I got older. Yeah, and, and kind of kind of give a breakdown of how, first of all, how KBA got started and how your your stepdad was a great coach in his own right in Texas, correct? He had uh, in the he started coaching in the, in the late '50s and and in the you know his heyday were the '60s and the '70s and he quit in '84. But you know in the '60s he he took teams to state and 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 was quite a uh, quite an attraction, especially locally in the small area that we were, but all all over the state also. And uh, he was a guy that was always looking for an edge to try and make his teams better and him better. And and uh, back back in the day, he, you know, the coaches used carried chalk in their pocket, and when when a, a timeout was going on, they uh, drew a play on the floor. And he was he, you know, he always told me he said, you know, the first thing I've got to do is draw a new court and start the start the play, and always looking for a way to uh, improve. And one day they were replacing the chalkboard in his classroom, in his history classroom, and he kept a piece of it and drew him a drew a floor on it and with some with some paint that he had and carried it to the games and started using it and so he would get the board out and draw plays on and and you know of course he was successful and at one local tournament he won the tournament championship on a play that he drew up on the board in the last minute <laughs> and, and then believe it or not after that uh the other coaches started asking him hey can you make me one of those and he thought, you know, I might, I might should patent this and and try to try to sell some. And you know, coaches are so well paid. He thought it would help uh, help keep him in coaching longer if he supplemented his income. Right. So from <laughs> from from there, KBA was born. You know, originally as just a uh, just a coaching board company, and then it's grown into what it is now. Yeah, and let's kind of add on to that because uh, actually, I'm I'm in the process of ordering a bunch of things from you. By the way, for my my basketball team I, I really love kind of the variety uh, of uh, sporting equipment that you have but what separates you guys from like a BSN or team sports what makes you guys special I mean you're basically coaches running you're basically coaches like yourself running the uh, running your business I think that's a big advantage yes we're we're all coaches you know I I uh... <laughs> I, I coached and now now after I've retired from coaching, I'm running the business and, and we've had local coaches that work for us, still have local coaches that work for us. Uh, Coach Stevenson from uh, Dodd City, whom I hired when I was at Dodd City. He he does he, he worked for us when he went to college and uh, then I hired him as a coach and he continues to work clinics and, and I have other coaches around that, that will work clinics for me too all over the United States. And uh, – what one one thing I think separates us is we look we look for ways to 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 improve the game and help the game and my my dad started this he he was always looking for an advantage and he you know he he was one of the first guys to come up with a heavy ball he was the one of the first guys to have gotten that that ball made actually got it made by an old ball company called Voigt way back when before they mm-hmm. went out of business and. He's always working for shooting aids. A lot of a lot of the stuff that we have and we sell, we actually manufacture. So we you buy it straight from the manufacturer, which is a bunch of coaches. And uh, it's the other thing is is 
we we try to ship anything you ordered that day so that we feel like if you need it you need it today and uh so we're really quick with everything that we do so if you're in the middle of the season and you need something to help help your players or your game or you need some equipment you're going to get it you order it on monday you're going to get it on thursday most of the time you know before your friday game so that's what I think is unique about us is that that we're we're service oriented and we're coaches just like everybody else. Yes, and tell the audience where you guys are located. Um, and um, and who are you? Are you dealing? I know you, I, I deal with you, so I'm in Georgia. So I know you guys are located in Texas. Tell us about your location and how many schools you guys are dealing with and major universities. Well, we're located in Roxton, Texas, which is a very very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, school and town it's a class eight town in texas uh and it's about an hour and a half northeast of dallas uh and as far as who we deal with we deal with we deal with people all over the world every sports team pro college and then a tremendous coverage of high schools all over the united states and all over the world we we ship we ship regularly uh to europe and uh, china and and all over the world, but uh, mostly our our main business is high school coaches, and uh, then of course we we're big in the NBA, and you'll see our boards on the clinic. You know, unfortunately we don't get to see March Madness this year, but that's always exciting time for us because you see a lot of our products on the sidelines. We sure do, and I I hate to say this, I've broken a lot of your boards, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but. Um, you know, well, I, you know, it's good. I always thought it's good for business. So, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, you're probably recommending, coach. You probably need. I know you got. You know, I know you're. You get a little angry on the sideline. You probably need three or four boards, don't you? <laughs> well, you know, that that's like I said, that's good for business. We would prefer them not to break that easily on you, but you know, sometimes right. uh, you just can't anticipate uh, how how it's going to go. So, yeah, for sure. Craig, on the other side, though, you're in a tough time. We all are. No sports. Tell us about what you guys are doing now and what, um, you know, what you can still offer, you know, the public and the school. Because right now there's no sports going on. How are you guys handling that? Well, it's, yeah, of course, that's a tough time for us. You know, we've, uh, we're, we're still operating. We're still in business. Uh, we're loyal to our employees and 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 want to keep our employees so we're we're still going we're strong enough that that we should be able to handle this as long as it doesn't go into you know six or seven months from now which at that point <laughs> i think i think everybody's we're going to be struggling but yeah but we can we can help you by get by anything that you're ready to purchase and get it going we can get it now and we're just kind of business as usual other than we're very slow because nobody's nobody's playing this is usually a really exciting, busy time for us, but right now it's kind of uh, nothing. So we just we're just being optimistic that we'll all come out of this okay, and and see the other side and be better for it when we get to the other side of it. I, I one thing that I see within your business because I've dealt with sporting goods places for over thirty years in my coaching. Um, you seem very personal. When I get the owner on the phone. That, that says you guys are have a personal touch. And, of course, I interviewed Alex Stevenson the other day. He had so many compliments of you and what you guys are doing and so forth. Um, I love your personal touch. And I imagine close family. You guys are a, a tight family 
at KBA, it appears. Yes, uh, you know, I, I, my sister and myself own the business, uh, and getting us is as easy as sending us an email or asking for us when you call in on the phone if, if we don't answer. But uh, I, I, I will deal with, I deal with lots of coaches personally, and uh, I go to coaching clinics all over the United States, and I give, I give cards out with my cell phone on it, and I get regular calls from coaches on, cell phone, on my cell phone wanting to order or wanting to talk to me about an issue or anything. So, yeah, we, we are very personal and, and very we're, – we're not – I don't, shouldn't say how to say this, but we're not a corporate company. We're just a couple of coaches and, you know, trying to make a living. That's right. And I got the owner of KBA. I definitely am not going to get the owner of BSN. So uh, you got an edge, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Who um, knows? You might, you might get him if you call him. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, we are hoping that you join us for this year at our Legends Clinic that we have for high school coaches. We're, uh, I'm really hoping that you guys, you know, become of our part of our family at our clinic that we host every year. And of course, right now, we don't know, but we're assuming things are going to work out, but you never know at this time. But hopefully you guys can can be part of our clinic family in the future. Hey, when you guys get it going and, and everything, you let me know, and I, we'd love to be a part of it. That would be great. But, Coach, uh, tell me a little bit. I call you Coach because you have coached for so long. you got a great perspective on the game. But you were a superintendent for, was it 18 years, Craig? So you've done a lot in education. Yeah, I was the uh... – I was the head coach at, at Dodd uh, for actually basketball, baseball, and track for uh, 13 years, and then then took the principal's job and actually coached three years. I was the head coach while I was principal. That's that's a interesting combination, I can assure you. <laughs> for and, sure. And, and then uh, took the superintendent's job in 2000. I was still the AD. I kept the AD until 2010 when I started trying to turn the AD over and uh and 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 let go of the reins so much so to speak actually alex i think his ad job two or three years ago uh before i retired and uh so i've been in the athletics the entire time and uh had a great great career i think as a coach and when i when i i took over as a coach on a team that that hadn't been in the playoffs in 39 years um just a funny story I took the job because I, I was offered the job out of college. I hadn't even completed college and, and went in on a what they called an emergency certificate. But I got the job because uh, they tried to hire my dad and get him out of retirement. And, <laughs> and my dad told him he didn't want the job, but he knew a guy that, that really wanted to be a head coach. And, and, he, and he dropped my name, and, and they, hired, they, hired, they interviewed me on Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock, and by 2.30 I was signing the contract. Wow. And it's pretty uh, quick. It was, but you know, being naive, I didn't realize that uh, what a job I had going into uh, somewhere who they had had a basketball team, but they'd never won. Right. And uh, coming from a team that uh, playing for a guy that if you lost more than eight or nine games in a year, or you didn't win twenty, that was that was such a failure at Roxton. You know, Roxton, you won twenty games, or you were considered. Uh, not very good by the, all the former players. <laughs> right, sure. And so uh, in taking over that and starting that job, I, I, I seen immediately that, that uh, I had a lot, of, a lot of work to do. And, 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 but I needed two years of teaching 
to get my certificate. So I went back and my dad would help me with my workout plans and what we were going to do. And I told him about a month into that, I said, you know, I'm going to be there two years and I'm going to get my certificate. Then I'm going to go out and find me a job where I can, you know, really win at. And never forget this. My dad said, son, if in two years you haven't turned that program around, you don't need a different job. You need a different profession. <laughs> yeah. And so went to work and, and uh, ended up uh, in 13 years, made the playoffs nine out of those 13 years. And, 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 you know, I think I did a lot towards turning that program and that culture around to where instead of being a, a school that played basketball, it was a school that went out and played basketball to win. Yeah. And tell me what you did, because I, I get nothing but high school code. My, and what we talk about in this podcast is, what do you do to build success at your program? What is your vision? What do you do to build a championship program? So I'm going to ask you, what did you do really from day one to try to build your winning culture there at Dodd City? Well, first thing we had to start on was that culture and, and, and change everyone's expectations that, uh, and, and, and develop a work ethic. Uh, you know, first thing I seen right away was, is, is, Everybody wanted to go out and shoot the ball, but nobody wanted to work. Work on the fundamentals, the shooting, the passing, the dribbling, and the rebounding, and a defense, everything that goes with a winning team. And uh, so we, we had to learn to do that, but we also had to learn to do it the right way. Uh, you, don't just te- you don't just tell somebody that you need to shoot. You teach them how to shoot correctly. And, and uh, we, we had to change the expectations that we're going to do everything hard, we're going to work a lot and we're going to do those things right. We're going to practice the fundamentals and to do them the right way. We're not just going to practice on them. The culture was a big thing with me. I would say it took me a couple of years before I thought the culture was so much that, that I didn't have to work on the culture every day. Yeah. And then, you know, give me some, Give me, give me some examples of how you would fight for that culture every day. So what are some things that you did with maybe, you know, maybe you had individual conversations with kids, maybe individual workouts, because it's a daily battle to fight for your culture, right? It is. And, uh, you know, when you start saying culture, you find out when you're and especially I think in your high school coach and have, have been very successful, you know, there are other things that you have to work with the kids about to that, that help you on the basketball floor. Uh, we, we, we had sometimes daily conversations about the way they behaved in school and the way they, they behaved in the classroom and, and their grades. I know I instituted a rule about 30 days in that all of my students would sit on the front row. If they played ball for me, they'd be sitting in the front row of their class and they would pass their grades. Uh, and and those things were daily of how we act and we do the right thing and, and team is first and how if 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 we're if we're not if we're getting in trouble in school and, and we can't come to work out then we're hurting the team, you know. I thought those were always important along with the fact that uh b- believe it or not at the time you had to you had to get the kids to watch games and learn how to play the game. So we, we had daily conversations on how do you play the game to win and how, how do you do situations? And uh, 
uh, j- just that type of stuff to get to get us to the point to where we could actually uh, start working on schemes and what defense we're going to run and what offense. Right. And don't you agree? Because I've been at – I'm at a small school now. I, I actually been at small and big schools, Craig, so I can relate to both. I'm a small school coach. What I mean by that is I believe that I, – I know every single kid in our school of probably close to a 1,000. So um, – and I have – I teach K-5 PE, and I know all the parents. You can't get that at a big school, but at Dodd City – it's a community. So you can build it from many different facets, right? So you want to get everybody involved, right? You know, it's, it's strange. I was, I was the PE teacher for K through five too. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, That's great. You and, share and, some. And you, you get the, <laughs> you can develop a lot of things as, as you well know, when you have them as, when you have them as elementary kids and start through that by the time they get to junior high, they already know what your expectations are and it's ingrained to them. And, uh, yeah, we, we always worked on that. And, you know, uh, as I got older into my career, I started having kids come through whose fathers or mothers had played for me at a small school. And that changed the dynamics of it also, because, Generally, generally, a player that made it with me for six or seven years before they graduated, when their kids come back through, not only are they players, but they they are they're easily coached because they they don't their parents listen to nothing negative about the coach. <laughs> right, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, as soon as you're in that community for a while, they know you. There's a connection there, right? Correct, and and uh, they they know that you're there for the best of the kids. I think, and and. So if you can last there in a small town and in a small school and you like it, which I always love the small school situation, um, then, then it's a great experience for you as a coach. Yeah, and, and, I, and really there's probably coaches out there are probably going, man, I don't want that because I don't want everybody in my business. So there, there, there's, it's good and bad. I mean, you know, everybody knows where I live, where, you know, all, everything about you, which is not that bad as long as you, you, know, you live a clean life. But a lot of coaches can't – they don't like that. They'd rather be in a big situation. So it's a matter of preference. I prefer the family atmosphere. Correct. I do too. And, you know, places like that was a great place for me to raise my family. So my uh, yeah, my kids played here and, and graduated from here. And, and, and uh, it's a kind of – you know, you heard it takes a village. Well, uh, the village helped raise my kids, I can assure you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great environment, you know, being raised in a small town and hanging around the gym and the fields, man, there's nothing better. Coach, tell me about um, what do you see? Cause I know right now you're, you're heavily involved in the business, but I guarantee you probably go to a lot of games and go, man, I don't, oh, I don't like what they're doing. So how do you compare when you coach to what's going on now? Is it, is it very similar or has the game changed a little bit since you last coach? Oh, the games changed tremendously. It's it's uh, it's amazing to go to as many games as I go to because I, I do go to a lot of especially high school games, and uh, the the thing that I see is is in my day when I started the the post player played with his back to the basket, and the most offenses were designed to get the ball inside to the post player and him make a move with his back to the basket, and uh, if you see if you see that in in one high school game a year now, it, it's 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 just I, I don't know if I have seen it in a while. Uh, I keep telling uh, a lot of coaches around here, if, if I ever come back to coaching, I'm going to develop post players. 
because none of you guys will know how to guard them. <laughs> and that's a great point. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I lo- let me just interrupt really quick. Uh, I love what you're saying there because the game has become a spread game, and and back in probably even when I started coach, because you and I are very similar in age, it was definitely you definitely had to have one. And coach, possibly, I I played a lot with two posts, but that's not happening anymore. No, and uh, back when I co- I started coaching in '84, and the three point line didn't come into effect, I believe, in Texas until the next year '85, '86. So when I first started coaching, you know, uh, it was almost a, a sin to shoot the ball from over 12 to 15 feet away from the basket because, (laughs) you know, the the layups counted two points and and the 30 footers counted two points. But, but today, you know, what I see is, is, is I see, uh, I see everyone either trying to go basically to three pointers or layups. uh, Right. And, you know, attack the basket and get a layup or get fouled and get to the free throw line or shoot a three. And, And analytics shows that, you know, I think that most people will win that way compared to someone who shoots jump shots. But uh, I still believe that if you had a good postman that other people had to, had to guard, that your three-point shooting would, would tremendously improve. Uh, and Because when the ball's inside and they have to collapse, you're going to get a lot of wide-open three-point shots. And I do see people who try to, uh, try to run that basically through the dribble drive, you know, and right. you know, dribble drive and kick and, and get Hey, this is NBA skills coach Drew Hanlon of Pure Sweat Basketball, and you are listening to the Championship Vision Podcast. Hi, I'm Alex Stevenson, athletic director and girls basketball coach at Dodd City. I've been at Dodd City for seven years. During those seven years, we've won seven district championships, been to six regional tournaments and three state championship games. I'm a huge fan of this podcast, what it brings and the platform that we're able to share knowledge and wisdom on and, and grow as coaches get the open threes and that's what i see it's a completely different game so would you make if you had a team today would you hey you never know you can get back in the coaching you're still young what how would you construct your team today well i think today you better be able to shoot and so, <laughs> for sure uh you better work on your shooting you better work on your shooting a lot and i think today you better be able to uh uh, defend the three-point line defensively. And if I constructed it today, my kids would be able to shoot. We would defend the three-point line and try to keep the ball out of the middle. Uh, so that you – so it, once the ball's in the middle, it's too easy to kick to an open three-point shooter if you had to rotate. And uh, I think, you know, back in the day when I had some big postmen, we used to actually funnel the ball to the middle to the postman for him to play defense. And I don't see that much going on today either. Uh, but I, I would, we would have to shoot, and we, and, and we sure better defend the three-point line. Yeah, and that, that's a great point. And and let me let me add this: What clinics have you guys now? KBA is still. Are you are y'all still involved in a lot of clinics and so forth, or? Or what are you guys? What is KBA doing now with clinics? And, and what clinics have you seen recently uh, that that really impressed you? Well, I seen. Uh, you know, I, I'll go to all the used to be the Nike clinics. We we went to every Nike clinic for years, and now they're the NABC clinics. And uh, some of those clinics are always impressive with the speakers that they bring. And and uh, 
I love listening to the guys, not necessarily on the offense or the defense end, but the guys who talk about how to win and 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 how to develop winning teams, uh, and and have been to those lately in in this fall. Uh, I don't know if those are going to happen this spring, to be honest with you or not. I, I would hope, but I just don't know. Uh, and of course, I go to most state clinics, especially around in the, in, in this area. So I've seen I've seen just about them all. And believe me, I've seen a lot of Nike clinics back in the day as a 10, 12-year-old boy following my father around and seen a lot of the coaches. I've, I've seen Wooden speak. I've seen Knight speak many times. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing, the, the people that I've seen over the years. Yubi Brown. <laughs> Yubi Brown used to be one of the best clinic speakers I've ever seen. So. Yeah, and uh, that's a great point because, yeah, I, I remember going to all the Nike ones. Like my, uh, I mean, there there's some great clinics. I, and actually, Coach, I think they – back in the day, I think they were better. I, I think they were – of course, they were cheaper back then. But um, I think the coaches really got into it a little bit more because everything's on court now. I, I, was, I went to the clinics when they just had, you know, just had a, a Sharpie <laughs> up there, you know, uh, writing things down, but I, I love the on-court clinics now. Yeah, I, re- I remember the days of of the sharpie and the the, the plays and the diagrams and and the different. <laughs> I, I remember all of those. I like the on-court clinics too, but sometimes too, I, I just like to. Uh, I like it when the coaches start actually asking questions and picking the coach's brain <laughs> more more on how we're going to make this successful and less. I mean, every you can go everywhere and find a different scheme that'll fit your team, right. you know. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, as a high school coach, when I would go to the clinics, 95% of everything I, I heard from the college coaches was not going to work for my team. <laughs> That's know, a good point. You know, there's nothing like going and listening to a guy talk about his backdoor lob dunk play for a 6'11 post guy, and, and my big post guy is 6'1", you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. And I, I want to carry over to that because uh, the clinic that we have is, is high school, has high school coaches. And I, I, it was set up with another friend of mine for that simple reason. I think the best teachers of the game, I'd rather take a Craig Reed or an Alex Stevenson and say, hey, you know what? Tell me what your program does best and then come to our clinic. I would get more out of that than listening to Jim Calhoun. The old Calhoun, I mean, the old Connecticut coach. What do you think about that? Oh, I agree. I agree. And I think a lot of those coaches, I think Jim Calhoun would agree with you on that. Uh, matter of fact, I, I listened to uh, Bobby Knight one time at a clinic, and he was actually supposed to uh, talk about his motion offense. And he, when he got there, he wanted to know how many coaches in there, coach junior high or high school. And I would say 99% did. And he said, so how many of you think you have the athletes to run my motion offense? And I would say 99% did not. And so his next thing, I was like, so why don't we talk about stuff that you guys and I think will help you as a high school coach? That might have been one of the best question and answer sessions with a coach I've ever heard after that. Yeah, that's so true. That's just being honest and so forth. Um of course, I, I remember going to Bob Knight clinics. <laughs> I mean, he would just let loose, man. And that's what you love about the guy is he he did not hold back. No. So he was he, he's going to give you the truth, and I think that's really great. Not a lot of college coaches will do that these days. Um, 
So what would you, if you had to pick an ideal coach at a clinic from your, from your clinic experience, what would you want from that coach? What, 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 I mean, give me, give me, give me a great thing as a high school coach. What would you look for? Well, I'd like, I'd like to, I like to listen to people who have been successful with the program that they've had and people who have been successful for a while, not, not the guy that moved in and, coached a couple of years and had some good athletes. I wanted to listen to the guys who developed athletes and developed players and then were successful. Most of the time, I think those are the great teachers of the game. And uh, that's what I would look for when I went, went to Bill. And I want, uh, I want, I want coaches who are, who have been successful at my level and are, are higher, you know, in, in the high schools. And uh, you, you see a lot of that. I, I mean, I, I, a lot of the people I looked at your, uh, clinics past clinics you have a lot of coaches there that were successful at schools over a course of many years and that tells me that they really teach the game there yeah and and can't you tell i mean i I know when i look at a coach i can tell whether this guy's for real he can teach or not i guess after so many years can't you do that too craig you look out there going man this guy's a great teacher of the game just how he presents himself Yes, you can always tell, and you can tell by the way his players carry themselves, and and you can tell tell just by the way that they play the game. Uh, most of those guys' players are fundamentally sound, and and when in situations come up in the game, they handle them correctly, and in the game situations, they handle them correctly. Uh, I think that's that's it's a easy to to identify those types of coaches. Yeah, I think I, I I definitely agree. So hopefully we'll see see you and KBA with us next uh, coming up in the fall, and so forth. hopefully everything works out. Hey, Craig, give me give me what are what's the future hold for KBA? Do you guys have? Is there something coming up that you guys are offering, um, or you guys just can continue to do the great things that you're doing right now? What, what's what's in the future for KBA? Well, of course, we 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 started going over. We do a lot of custom things now in kba custom boards we're the leader in the custom boards now now we can we can copy the uh floor that and make the floor look just like your home floor or whatever however you'd want to design it uh and we do a lot of custom stuff we do everything we used to not do a lot of custom now we are big into the customers we do custom we build basketball racks that are high quality and we do them custom to your school uh, for basketballs, we do the boards, we do towels, we do motivational kits. We do a lot of custom stuff, and that's the way that we're starting to angle the business in. Uh, we do custom slip knots now, and and you can have a slip knot, and it it'll it won't it'll be your your school and and however you want to design it. That way, when you leave it at the other school, they don't want they don't want to they want to give it back to you. They don't want to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah or if you beat them they'll throw it away but you know Absolutely. Uh, you're right. i love that uh well i gotta tell you i'm ordering all custom stuff from you that's all my that's all my charts you'll be getting that pretty soon um and we're, we're definitely actually looking to put custom boards up on our uh we got a new gym so we're definitely going to do that we got i want to get custom boards for all my coaches um and also we're ordering slipknot as well so yeah i'm going all custom with you man well that'll be great you know uh and and the great thing about that when anything that you order custom my uh sister who who just part owner or she actually does the custom work herself she is great with uh graphic artistry 
and she will do all of that custom work herself. So you're still dealing with just, you know, local good people just like yourself who, who are just in the business. Yeah. And that's what I love about you guys. I mean, it just sounds like, you know, if I have an issue, something like that, just get on the phone or text or email, you guys will get right back. That's why I think you guys will be around for a long time. So coach, tell me, tell me, what are you looking at for the future? Um, not only of, of KBA, but also for the game of basketball. What do you see out there that could possibly make a difference and a positive difference coming up? What would you like to see in the game? Well, of course, the game's pretty great as it is, but you know, I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see more kids participating in the game and and more more activity. I think there's less participation now than there was back when I started coaching. When I coached and started coaching, it seemed like every kid in school played and. Now, I, I, a lot of times I think we're getting away from that, and I would love to see a higher participation rates from the kids. I think it's a great game, and people enjoy it, and especially you can enjoy that. It's a game that you can enjoy when the weather's bad, and uh, that's one thing that I see. Uh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm thinking that eventually we're all going to end up with a shot clock, I'm not necessarily a big proponent of shot clock at high school, especially at our level. I think it takes some of the strategy away, but I think the the fan wants to see a shot clock, and I think eventually that's going to change the the way that uh, schools in Texas play, and probably schools even in your area play. I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, I, I, I'm not in favor of. There's a lot of people that disagree with me because the the, the schools that are in favor of it have all the talent they have they're blessed with a lot of great players so they want a faster quicker pace um i believe that a coach like me if i have inferior talent i can control the ball i can control the ball i can i can possess the ball longer um so it might not be you know you know 40 seconds it might be 30 seconds but if i'm controlling the ball for 30 seconds and looking for that high percentage shot, I feel like that helps a team like me out. Um, but a lot of coaches and so forth just don't believe that they want an up-tempo game. They want a game that's closer to the college game. And my opinion is we're, we're, we're teaching high school, not college. None of our, all of our kids are going to be playing at the next level. So maybe I'm old school thinking like that. Well, I don't think you are. I, I think, I think if uh, you have, your kids have the capability to uh, control the ball, to control the game, that it's other coaches job to uh, scheme at a scheme in a way that that you don't do it uh and to put pressure on you and, and come out and uh i just i i like i agree with you on your opinion you know and and what i worry about on the shot clock is we have a shot clock in college basketball now but in the university of virginia who uh everybody might know just won a national championship recently they utilize the shot clock almost constantly to the end and people criticize them because they're not fast enough paced. So right. I, I, I worry about that. Cause I don't know that. The, I think the shot clock's going to start out and then it's just going to get closer and closer. It's just going to become a, a game of, as you say, more talent and less, and less, uh, less perfection. Yeah. And I think it's headed towards that way because I think everybody's so, um, enthralled with the NBA, the 24, the quick shots, the up-tempo. But I think there's an art to ball control. Now, I have to tell the team I have right now, we run and gun, okay? But 
I've coached a lot of teams who did not have a lot of talent. And we would try to control the ball, bring the defense away from the basket, and then get good backdoor cuts. I mean, to me, and it might be 45, maybe a minute. So to me, there's nothing wrong with that. No, and, <laughs> and, and you know, the thing about that is, is as that's one of the great things that I hear about on the coaching. A good coach does exactly what you do. They, they take their talent and they, they, organize, they organize it with the best scheme possible for them to win. And, and you know, you, that's not the same every year in high school. It may be if you're recruiting your players in college. But when, when I was coaching, I wanted to play man-to-man every year. But not every year did I have the talent to play the type of man-to-man that I wanted. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and, and now, now you're right. You just said it. That's the art of coaching. And I, I'm not sure if all coaches do that. I think they look at they're they're a system guy. So I'm going to run my system mm-hmm. and so forth. But they don't look at the personnel. And I I spoke with a coach uh, just the other day, uh, Joseph Wooten, who's the son of Morgan Wooten, which you probably know Morgan Wooten. Absolutely. Uh, um, and he said that hey. You know, it comes, you have to look at both. You you might have your own system, but you better look at the players that you have. If you have three or four bigs that you want to get the ball to, you're going to control the ball. I mean, you're not going to be running guns. So I think you got to look at both. Yes, if you want to be successful on a consistent basis, you better be able to change and adapt to your talent. Yeah, I totally agree. Coach, before you go, I, I want you to give me your – I always get the best practice drill from every coach that I speak with. Um, and I forget the drill that Alex gave me, but I want you to give me the best practice drill that you ran when you were a successful coach. Well, of course, it's a while back. But we, used to run, we, we used to run a drill because I was a – I had a – I'd like to run – a transition break that went straight into our offense. And so we, we ran a drill we called 11 man 11 man fast break and and that that drill was designed to get the ball we, we got the ball down the floor against the 3 on 2 and then we we fed defenders back into off the baseline to to pick up that 3 on 2 break and make it even and then we our post guys at the time cuz we're talking about a deal where Nobody would do this anymore, but we trailed our post guys, and we, we used that to develop our trail game off of our fast break. And right. when the fast break broke down, and we my teams were very successful with the post men getting trail trail layups and and getting the ball with one on one situation in the basket. And I we used to run that drill almost every day, somewhere between five and seven minutes. And and I just uh, I always thought that that drill picked us up a lot of offense out of the transition break. And, and I'll give us a little, give us some detail on that. So it would be, it was it the typical, typical Lambda man break drill or was it a little bit different? It was the typical uh, Lambda was... man break drill, except I had I always had, I had kids, mostly JV kids who filled in as defenders on both ends. So, okay. Uh, you know, we come down and if I might, I might not send anybody in off the break. And so it was basically a three on two and they tried to score. Or I may run three guys out there and pick that break up, and then when we went, when the ball went to whichever wing, then the post had to react to that and go post up high and low. Uh, and if we didn't get the low pass to the post, we might get the ball reversed, or we might get the ball to the post who, who came on the high side. 
Well, then we we went across and went a high-low feed to the low post, trying to get that basket before the defense had actually uh, set up and stopped us before we had to go into an offensive system. So now, okay, you know what? So it was a deal where I wanted my kids to uh, think, and we used to call it "do the math." If I ran, if I just kept two out there and we had three, please be able to do the math that we've got them overloaded. You know, right? If sure. I ran a third kid out there, you know that maybe we didn't have it. And if I ran four, then there's four back and three. Surely, you know, to to pull back and not try to attack on on four guys. And uh, at the time in high school, I didn't realize that a lot of kids, once they started on the break, hey, uh, it didn't matter if there's three down there or five down there, they's going to the hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and the game is a numbers game. Um, ba- basketball is a definitely a numbers disadvantage advantage game, correct? Oh, yes. And, and you know, uh, today – that I don't know that I don't know that how many people would benefit from that drill today because today they would want you to go to the basket and kick to an open wing and 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 uh, I don't know that that would be be the pass that I was looking for back in the day when I coached. <laughs> yeah, and I I'll be honest with you, I've changed my philosophy over the years. We really use a three point shot. There's many times you're going to laugh at this. We'll drive in there, we'll penetrate hard on a fast break, and we'll look for the three point shot because I got I got good shooters. Um, but that's just a little bit different. I, I, um, I'm just a big believer in the three game. Uh, but we also look for hard, the old-fashioned threes as well as what we call it, where we drive hard, trying to get foul, try to get an and one. So I really believe in the three-point game. Believe, believe me, <laughs> if, if I coach today, I'd be, I'd be trying to develop five, five to five shooters every time. So I want my all everybody shooting a three-point. I believe that's the, uh, that's the name of the game as far as that goes up. Yeah, we, yeah, we'd absolutely. be we'd be trying to fit, develop a lot of different schemes and kick it to the wings too. <laughs> um, Coach, thank you so much, Craig, for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. Um, first of all, let, tell tell everybody first of all uh, how they can get a hold of you. I know you're on social media. I uh, saw you on Twitter. You know, maybe even your Facebook page. Tell us how we can get a hold of you and how we can order items from you. Because I know I'm I'm going to order some things from. you. Well, our, our website is kbacoach.com, just like it sounds, kbacoach.com. And we are on Twitter and Facebook. You can find us. That's pretty easy to do. And uh, honestly, you can you can call uh, – even call us. We still get a lot of coaches who call us straight up on our 800 number, 800-842-7772, uh, and, and get a hold of us any of those ways. You can order online. You can, you can send POs through email. Uh, to uh, info at kbacoach.com. Sounds great. Coach, any any final words for the coaches out there on, um, you know, maybe a new coach coming in, getting ready for the season or on that? Any advice for them? Because I know you've been there. Any advice for a new coach starting in June? Woo. Um, get in the gym. Stay in the gym. And uh, keep keep the players players going all time that you can i mean that's a i think that's the big advantage nowadays kids uh don't get in the gym very much unless the coach gets them there i i would say that most kids are at home playing or they're on their phone and the more you can get your kids in the gym i think the bigger advantage you'll have come fall yeah particularly now you better work out on your own man because you can't you can't get out there contact all that kind of stuff you better get outside like the old days coach right i mean kids got to get outside get out to the park or something that 
that's going to be a new thing for these kids. Hey, man, uh, I wonder how many kids can shoot with the wind blowing 25 miles an hour and, and uh, figure out figure out the uh, drift on the ball like we used to in back in the day. And you know what? Kids probably don't, don't even know what a chain net is. <laughs> I know. No, even though we still sell them at KBA, so if you need one, we've got <laughs> You got it all over there at KBA, man. That's great. Coach, thank you so much, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, being part of the KBA family, man, and, and and improving this relationship. So thanks so much for coming on to the podcast, Greg. You bet. And, hey, just send me your information on the clinic, and we'll try to work with you. All right. Thanks, Greg. Thank Take you. care now. Thank you, Coach. All right. Hey, this is NBA skills coach Drew Hanlon of Pure Sweat Basketball, and I'd love to help you get game results this season. Check out a free trial of my Pure Sweat training app on the Google Play and App Store today. Hey, coaches, this is Brad Hillegas, content producer at Huddle for the NBA, NCAA Division I, and high school basketball. I'm a big fan of Coach Furtado's podcast, Championship Vision, because it connects coaches around the country that want to continue learning and growing our beloved game. The X's and O's, coaching philosophy, teaching principles, they're all here. And that's a mission that we're working on at Huddle as well. More than 160,000 teams, including the best in the world, use Huddle to elevate their performance with video. But our collection of online tools is much more than that. Mobile desktop apps, smart cameras, video editing, data analytics software, the list goes on. But our goal is to help coaches like you teach the game in a modern way, whether that's connecting with your athletes, communicating your game plan, or looking to gain a competitive edge. And if you want to see how Huddle can help your program, visit Huddle.com. That's H-U-D-L.com to learn more. And of course, keep listening to the Championship Vision podcast to never stop learning.